But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Good evening, Sun and Fun. Sun and Fun Radio has come back to you live. We are broadcasting live from the 2017 Sun and Fun International Fly-In and Exposition. I am volunteer chairman of Sun and Fun Radio and your host for the next couple minutes here because then I do something really scary, but we'll get that get to that in a minute. Back way, way back when, when Sun and Fun Radio was still relatively new in the in the AM radio game here. We were before we were internet broadcasting, thanks to liveatc.net and Dave Pasco. My friend Dave Higdon was telling me about this podcast thing that he was doing. I'm like, podcast? What's, you know, well, we get together, we talk about airplanes, and, and I, you know, I, I, I think that would make good radio. And I said, you know what, I think you're right. And they came down, and, and he and Jeb Burnside and Jack Hodgson came over and hung out on the radio station deck for an hour or two and broadcast live two hours. I'm getting any that or peace out, dude. I'm not sure which one, but they did a two-hour live podcast on our little AM band, which probably reached five or six people. But um, it reached just enough because the folks up at Osh said, hey, we want you guys to come up and do that at Osh. And then we started coming back, and it, it developed this outstanding symbiotic relationship that Sun and Fun Radio was getting exposure on uncontrolled airspace, which turned out to be the best aviation podcast ever and the longest running and some great guys and great guests and all that good stuff and uh so we got exposure and and they kept they come back every year and they do a live podcast here on the deck on tuesday night and they do a second you know they do an intro podcast on opening day and a a wrap-up podcast on sunday morning the last day of the show so things have worked out really well we've not only working out well here doing the radio stuff but we've all become very good friends and it's that time again for me to again? turn again for me to turn the deck over to the voices in your head well two-thirds of the voices in your head and their entourage that they bring in <laughs> the gang the gang ladies and gentlemen that the gang voice you just heard was the smooth sound of mr jack the producer, Hodgson. The other voice you heard a minute ago was Dave, that didn't mute, Higdon. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Thank you, David. We're doing good. We're having a good old time. And uh, we have, uh, as you alluded, we've, re we've returned to... Higdon and I were talking about this just a few minutes ago. I've often said at the intro to these episodes that we, have return we, we, have we are at one of our favorite places in the world. Higdon and I have decided that we are, in fact, at our favorite aviation place in the world. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, the, between the Sun and Fun Fly-In and our friends at, at uh, Sun and Fun Radio, this is just an awesome place to be. And we just can't look, we, we cannot wait each year to return here. And, and, I, uh, and, and Dave didn't learn the first time, so this is the 11th. This and is the 11th year that we've done this. asking us back. 11th year we've done this. And uh, on that note, I will say welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming, as I said to you, from uh, my favorite aviation place in the world, the grounds of the Sun and Fun Fly-In here in Lakeland, Florida, um, at... Uh, at uh, uh, Lakeland Linder Airport. Uh, Lakeland Linder Regional Airport. Thank you. It's actually, uh, yeah, 
an airport with with visions of greatness. They're doing some good things here. And, They're doing uh, some outstanding things. Yeah, here. and so and for uh, those of you that are really old, we're at Drain Field. Oh really? Yeah, there you go. Okay, Drain Field. That's what the that's what the uh, World War II uh, was it a fighter escort or something? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It was a training base in World yeah. War II, so it was Drain Field. That's why we have Drain Field Road. But I was going to say there's a road on the north side of the airport named after that. Drain right. Field Road. Drain Field. Yep. You know how many years I was coming here before I realized that that was spelled D R A N E. I'm thinking mm -hmm. Drain Field Road. Why are they naming Why are they naming the road after a sep portion of a septic system? And, 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 you know and what? I'm going to step away. Sure, I'm pretty sure drain. that's not what they were doing. But, uh, and uh, it drained counterclockwise. There we go. Ooh, Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, okay. I am going to turn control of the deck and the airwaves and the interwebs over to Jack and Dave and Entourage. And company. And company. We'll get there. All right. Uh, Talk to you later, guys. Thank you, David. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be gentle. Promise. Uh, yeah, we're here at uh, Lake Linder uh, Airport, uh, Regional Airport, uh, where for uh, six and a half, seven days or so, uh, it is doing its Brigadoon thing and has changed into uh, the 2017 edition of the Sun and Fun Fly-In. The 43rd. The 43rd, thank you. Uh, and uh, I'm here with uh, a whole bunch of my good friends, and uh, we're going to meet a few of them immediately and a few more as the evening progresses. Uh, first of all, Dave Higdon's here. Hi, David. How you doing? Biner and Frog here. Yeah. Got here Sunday, and it's been a treat. We're uh, opening day. The last two days before that, we're uh, productive. Ground's filled up. The weather's been kind. Lots of airplanes in the airspace. Lots of airplanes on the grounds. Campground's about full. Uh, if you're not here, you're missing out. And uh, I should point out that our uh, our cohort in crime here, uh, Jeb Burnside, um, is was unable to be here at the beginning of the week uh, because of some deadlines and other work commitments. And so he's uh, basically got his nose to the keyboard right now, uh, trying to get some things finished. And he'll be here later in the week. And uh, it's uh, a really awkward position to work in with your nose to the keyboard. Yeah, well, you know, you do you got to do what you got to do. And we're also joined this afternoon by uh, to, by the uh, I don't know how to characterize them. All I know is that they're great friends of ours, and they've been tremendous. Uh, participants in the podcast over the years in no particular order. Uh, Amy Lebote is here. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I'm doing just wonderful, but I am puzzled because I want to know how fine frog hair actually is. See, I've always decided not to go there. I don't know. <laughs> how fine is it? Yeah. <laughs> I almost burst in, but I know better than to do that yeah. now. Well, it's so fine that... You can't see it with a magnifying glass. There you go. I've been working with, with Higdon for a few years now, and so I'll take take my word for it. Sometimes bursting in is the only choice you have. Right? <laughs> good to know. So you're having fun so far, Amy? Everything's I'm good? having a very good time. I got here early, early, early this morning, in fact, uh, early enough to look into the darkened media center and go, Oh, I guess I beat him again. <laughs> you really did. But get they were early. very, very kind to me. Yeah. They actually, the kitchen staff let me in the back door and gave me a cup of coffee. And shh, don't and we're tell also, anyone. I'm sorry. And we're also joined uh, uh, right now by uh, by James Winbrandt. Hi, James, another great friend of ours. Uh, uh, going back to to the uh, like Amy, going back to the days before the podcast and uh, and uh, Air Venture Today and uh, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, we have a history. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> um, and and uh, he's been on the podcast off and on over the years and uh, and told us a lot of great things about aviation. What are you up to? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Greater now that I'm here. Great to be part of the podcast again. You guys are looking both fantastic. Fantastic. Amy, beautiful as always. Love to be here. 
Uh, we lucked out with the weather because, unfortunately, it's keeping some people to the north from getting in today. Uh, that's what I've heard. Now, see, since you brought it up, because we don't usually talk about the weather on this podcast. Right, never, right? Have. No, yeah. never, yeah. never, uh, never. But since you brought it up, yeah, the weather uh, here at, at Lakeland, the forecast is for the weather to be spectacular all week long. Um, it's going to be a little bit Florida chilly a couple mornings later on, but it's going to be, you know, Boston beautiful. All right. And Looking forward to that. Um, so uh, it's, uh, but the weather's going to be good. Uh, there are no forecasts of big system like rain or weather or anything like that. You never know with Florida whether that something might pop up uh, any given day. But uh, the weather's looking great for the fly-in. So uh, um, if you're in the area, you should come on by. Definitely. But this weather thing up to the north apparently is is uh, potentially a, an issue, right? There's a, sort of a whole big, big line of weather. Yes, and it's stretching across the state. So you could be just on the other side of it in Georgia having come down from Alaska. And that last little bit, you're just going to have to wait a little more. But it's worth it. Show up here. The weather will clear out. You'll have a clear shot down. Come on down. Yeah. Yeah, certainly by Thursday. Yeah, the top of the funnel is always un- unpredictable here. It's like a frog hair. <laughs> also unpredictable. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, what have we seen so far that we've liked? David, have you, uh, you've been wandering around a little bit. You've been here for a couple of days. The show only started this morning officially, but, but you've been wandering around for a couple of days. Uh, anything jump out at you so far this, this week? Well, it's... I've spent a couple of visits over to Paradise City, which is my roots, as some of you all have heard before. And uh, it was exciting to get over there on uh, Sunday afternoon late and see how the place was filling up. Uh, I think they've got more commercial exhibitors in Paradise City than they've had in several years. Our old friend Dan Johnson with the Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association, uh, the light sport folks. Dan was... uh, uh, sharing with me how he requested eight spaces to show off llama member airplanes and he had two in reserve and he was beginning to worry about whether he'd be able to fill all eight spaces let alone the two in reserve well and at the last minute he wound up with needing 13 spaces and i think he may have added to that since i talked to him about it on sunday uh really busy over there uh with wind it's kind of muted some of the flying today but uh a couple of new products, a couple of old products. Uh, the uh, Revo people unveiled a new trike that uh, uh, it is distinct, and it has a single mast attach point for the for the wing on top instead of a bar down the front. Uh, big seats, Tundra tires, several is that engine good? options. A single attach point is that better? Or? Well, not having a bar out in front uh, a unblocks a view and gives you less restrictions on the movement of the control bar on the wing. And this thing's equipped with Tundra tires and disc brakes and a, a lot of heavy-duty stuff. It's got a, a, about an 1,100-odd-pound gross weight, wow. two seats. Uh, I'm hoping to go uh, back over there later in the week and see it actually get airborne, which it didn't today. And uh, then a couple of old faces that are back on the scene. Uh, CGS Aviation. Mm-hmm. Under new ownership, new management, uh, they're showing off a couple of uh, CGS Hawks, which a true legend. Thirty-five years ago, won the best new ultralight right. design here, and that's Chuck's legacy. That's Chuck's legacy. Uh, they've got an Arrow One over there. Uh, it's not Part One Hundred Three compliant. A little heavier than that, but very nicely finished. Really pretty job. Uh, this guy named Terry that's uh, running the c- company now. 
and right across from him was... Before uh, you go on, say Chuck's full name. Oh, Chuck Slusarchik. Yeah, well, that was partly a trick. That was partly a trap to see if I... But you, you know how to say his name. And, and, a, and a, a, a true legend, a great pioneer. Oh, a true legend. Uh, Chuck patented uh, a reduction dot drive system for ultralight engines and then shared it with the community, didn't enforce the patent, didn't make any money off of it, but it sure made a difference in the airplane he designed. And uh, so the CGS Hawk is back in production, and the uh, new owner is doing a beautiful job. And right across the uh, uh, path from him was what used to be called the I-Performance Quicksilver. Okay. And the company back building Quicksilvers again. And, you know, those of us that have been around for a while remember it as a drag monster between all the wires and the top posts and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. But lovely, basic little open-air airplane. Uh, the Hawk was a pioneer in the ultralight community because Chuck designed it with conventional three-axis controls and mechanical flaps at a time when there was no real standard control system set up with some of these ultralights. And suddenly guys that had come from aviation from conventional aircraft got interested and said, wow, this looks like an airplane, flies like we're used to. We should check into it, and I forget how many thousands of them Chuck sold over the years. A lot of them still flying. Terry's supplying spare parts. He's gotten back into production, making a beautiful airplane. Quicksilver's there. Uh, my old buddy Paul Mather from M Squared showing off a really pretty airplane. Uh, the uh, Rand spokes are over there. Uh, it's a busy place. And uh, hopefully the winds will make it a little more conducive to uh, the, light, the light sport flying and the uh, powered parachute flying, which uh -huh. it wasn't that much today. But I was hoping to go over there tomorrow morning. I hope that uh, mornings are, are usually the best time for yeah. that. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's, it's showing signs of a level of revival that ex is exceeding expectations. Yeah. And it's good to see. Great. Yeah. By the way, are you guys catching this? It's like, uh, yeah. What's the line from the movie? I love the smell of jet fuel in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It smells like sun and fun, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. James, where were you hanging out today? Uh, I was wandering around, uh, saw Patrie, the French team, which is here in the yeah. United States. We Very good, saw... by the way. There's a, there'll be a, there's a prize for <laughs> pronouncing it properly, I think. From what I've heard, you just pronounced it terrific. <laughs> well, uh, those of you who may not know, they are here. It's a nine ship. French yep. jet aerobatic military team. Uh, they are performing five shows in the United States. Total yep. of five shows. We just saw the first of them. Yes. And that is to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the U.S. coming and entering World War I, the Great War. The Great War, yep. Yeah. So quite inspiring to see them. To see their performance. Now, it was terrific to watch them fly and uh, beautiful. The multicolored smoke. Which the multicolored very... smoke. Now, their colors are similar to ours, but they are blue, white, and red. Their flag, yep. Than yep. red, white, and blue. Yeah. So just remember that when you're speaking to them. But did someone tell me that they simulated a U.S. flag in, the, in a flyby? That's what I thought I heard. Uh, I saw a bunch of colors, yeah. but I was outside of the range of sure. the announcers. I I heard this morning that they were going to do something very special, so I think you're probably spot That's what on. I heard, That's and I didn't did. see it myself either, but uh, I, I was wandering around and was watching it from a distance, but it was, it was a very interesting uh, uh, performance. Show. And great to start off the show with a bang like that. They were I know. The they were the first act. Yeah. Oh, That's, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, they made me smile. Go from there, yeah. Because yeah. they did the heart 
with the little arrow mm-hmm. going through it. Oh, I missed that. That would have been cool. <laughs> that was very cool. Well, it's a French. Say la vie. Amy, where were you hanging out today? Actually, I did I did some time in the press room, and in fact, uh, I I caught uh, CEO and President John Lienhut's uh, first inaugural day of the show. Um, talk and it, I learned something really interesting. You know, they rebranded the Florida Air Museum this year and it is now the Center for the Aerospace, Aerospace. Center for Excellence, so oh, okay. ACE. Um, and the other thing that they're doing is people may not realize it, but all the proceeds from this event, you know, this week long mm-hmm. event, go to fund aviation education. And, you know, the Central Florida Aerospace Academy right here um, on the grounds of Sun and Fun, they put out, they've put out 57 private pilots. These are high schoolers. Yeah, that, 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 that and, education and program the in A&P there. A&P mechanics right. that are coming out of high school, um, Daher um, was showcasing the interns they're getting for their assembly plant. Well, Jack, you alluded to the brigadoon nature of what goes on here the once a year, but the fact is now that they have transformed this campus into a year-round education. It, it really is. Education. There's a, an aviation high school here. We meet the kids who fly up to Oshkosh with Mr. Z, their instructor. The kids wind up, get their licenses. They teach other kids then to fly. They yep. get their CFIs. It is incredibly inspiring. These Youngsters would have never had any thought about a career in aviation or a way to achieve that without this. And yes, all of the proceeds, all of the profits from this go to fund that program yeah. and the program. And, and as a matter of fact, we're expecting to learn a little bit more about that um, later in this podcast. Um, a member of the uh, Sun and Fun team is going to be joining us oh, who terrific. will be able to fill yeah. us in a little bit more. But you're absolutely right. It's definitely Sun and Fun is a year-round thing yeah. these days. And, and Amy, and, he had some other encouraging words about this particular Year's event. In terms oh yeah, of he did. In terms of attendance, he said the the pre-sales on the tickets are up considerably Excellent. from yeah. last year, and even looking to set records. Yeah, twenty five percent above last year. Right now, they have five hundred and ten vendors. That's better by two than the amount they've ever had before. Mm, very nice. Very uh, nice. Eighty five new ones too. And he said. I, I haven't changed that. And we're not talking about fingernail polish. These are exhibitors who have aviation products. Yeah. He, he, he was very, very adamant about that. But, you know, I, I not think... Not fingernail polish. Not I think that fingernail could be the polish. Right there. There or go. whatever. I mean, it was something or, you know, hand lotion. I think yeah. it was hand lotion. Oh, hand, well, no, I yeah. like fingernail polish better. Tomorrow's right? going to be really interesting because tomorrow is where they go to the proof in the pudding because, because they have a career fair. The uh-huh. JS firm... Um, runs and and it's over in the aerospace center for excellence and they're expecting more almost 400 people for that career fair. really wow. and if you go into hangar c you will see quite a few airlines looking to recruit oh, okay. here at the show in the exhibit hall They'll also be over there tomorrow. So it'll be real interesting tomorrow mm-hmm. to see the, the difference. That's going to go on for, for half the day. So Yeah. What are the changes that we've seen this year from last year? There's a few changes to the grounds. Um, they, uh, the uh, place where the Raiders used to camp. Um, right, the Raiders being the folks that uh, 
pick up the garbage, clean yeah, the garbage I, yeah, cans I, out, I believe make sure that the grounds stay clean. They uh, moved them to a new location and turned the old location into a kid's zone and uh, with stuff there for the children to yeah. do. Interesting story I heard as to why they moved that, right? Apparently, it was an FAA requirement. Um, because of all the, grow the growth of the airport, and the, particularly the growth of the uh, LSA ultralight field, the tower needed line of sight to the Paradise City runway. And there were trees that were apparently blocking their line of sight. And so they had to clear out a whole bunch of trees in, that happened to be in the Raiders' camping area. And because the trees were gone, it was kind of a less a conducive place to camp, less shade and all that kind of thing. And so uh, the, the Raiders got offered, or I don't know exactly what, how the, it worked out, but basically the Raiders got a, a great new campground space over in the regular campground. And, uh, and is that the large sort of cleared area I saw off on the south side of this road? That yeah, I think right, vendor? right. Yeah, I'm, I'm pointing because this is radio. Yeah, um, the, the, <laughs> yeah over there where, the, I mean, like you said, mm -hmm. the, there's a kid's exhibit there right now with big inflatables and things like mm -hmm. that. But it's one of, the, one of the walkways where you come down from the main entrance. And come out right, right down the way here. And there may be a second area they've cleared for additional camping then as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's a, one notable change to the grounds. Um, and you know, they've just generally, I've, I've noticed a few places where they've uh, improved some of the infrastructure. There's now a, there's now some bleachers for the vintage area for the for uh, presumably they're going to do, you know, talks or or, or uh, uh, static displays there and um, for their presentations. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, so that's kind of interesting and uh, just kind of like you know a lot of improvements and changes and I've well, seen a bunch of improvements already in some of the products that they've had announcements and press conferences for. Had Mooney had a press conference. Uh, yeah, they got a couple of TCs, didn't they? They did. Uh, well, well, they got the new TC for the for the uh, for their the uh, two door model TC type certificate. Type certificate. Oh, okay, thank you. So this is the first type certificate, which is a big deal because it takes a long time to earn, and it shows that the FAA has approved of all your plans of doing it. The last one they got was back in 2006, I believe, for the Acclaim S type. That's and, right. And this is for their new Mooney Ultra, which has a beautiful interior. It's faster. It also has some uh, composite panels instead of the aluminum skin on the cabin portion of the, uh, the exterior portion of the cabin, which is very interesting. That should have lightened it up a little bit and cleaned it up a little bit. And the two doors, obviously, a, a big change, having access to either side. That's, a, that's huge for potential customers. And we don't know what else is up, uh, but clearly the CEO has designs on this market and plans to remain in it and said they don't want to, can't say what, but they definitely are working on something for the general aviation market because they feel the leaders in the four placed have not produced anything really new in some 20 years and they want to be the ones to do it mm -hmm. yeah david what anything else caught your attention so far this week oh, a couple of avionics announcements that uh for certificated in uh and exper experimental builders uh, from garmin from avidyne uh and you can find the details on that on the uh, Sun and Fun website from the press announcements today. Uh, and it's still early. I mean, it's opening day. Who knows what announcements are going to be rolling out over the next few days. I just got a note that apparently among the other improvement, new permanent 
No, no longer porta potties. Okay. Yes, this is significant. <laughs> one, one might not think so. All right, but it really is. I noticed that uh, the ones. I, is there more than just the one installation? I saw over uh, in between a couple of the exhibit buildings over here. They've added an ex- uh, you know an addition mm-hmm. to the to the building in between. Um, and and it's labeled men's room, women's room, and it's they, and there's like walls and doors wow. and and what a and, concept! And one would imagine plumbing inside. I was going to say com- flesh plumbing because that is my litmus test. <laughs> Hi, Julie. How you doing? All the comforts at home. We get fans walking by. Although Julie's not a fan. Julie's a celebrity. Hey, Julie. Uh, I mean, she may be a fan too, but more than that, she's a celebrity. Everybody knows Julie. But- Yes, that's right. Sun and fun rocks. It does. The nice thing about it is with, with all the changes, it still has the same feel. It's still the good old laid back, down home, sun and fun. Flying. It really is. You know, the other air show up the road is is fun and exciting and, and extreme and, and, and all And we those. wouldn't miss it. And we wouldn't miss it. But but th- this one has a, a, and Dave, you've been coming here for, and, and I would imagine uh, uh, Amy and James as well have been coming here for a long time. I only really started to come here 11 years ago when we started doing this. I had been once before. Um, well, that's because it's a longer drive for you. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, there are any number of excuses I could cobble together as to why I didn't come here, but uh, um, the reality is I didn't. I came here once in the year 2001, I think, or 2000 or something like that, um, and uh, and then didn't come again until we started coming here in 07, I believe, was the first time we... That was our first year here, yeah. 07. And, uh, and I haven't missed one since, and I, I hope I will never miss one, um, because it's just, you know, it's it's... It's a great fly-in, a great exhibition, a great you know gathering, but not insanely huge, and and you know much more. I don't know. It, we we Northerners might characterize it as Southern charm, and I I mean that in the best best possible use of the term. Uh, it's 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 very very friendly and very very warm, and very embraceable. This place, the space is the the facility is mm-hmm. not too big, and you know um, uh, it, it's and this is a nice show. Me. And the grounds are laid out. Very differently. Uh, we're sitting at Sun and Fun Radio out on their deck, which is adjacent to the commercial exhibit area, and we're basically at the hub of a big wheel. And you got commercial exhibits to the uh, northwest. You had home builders out here to the due north. You got Warbirds to the northeast. You got Alt Chopper Town to the far east. You've got Paradise City and the Ultralights to the southeast. You got camping all around. Uh, so. No matter which part of the show you go to, you're never very far from being back at the middle. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're amidst these gorgeous live oaks dripped yeah. with Spanish moss. I mean, you couldn't get much more atmospheric. Yeah, yeah it yeah. does have that deep south feel. I agree. Yeah. So it's very, very nice. We're going to take a break pretty soon, but uh, I don't know. we got two minutes. we got to fill two minutes. <laughs> David, say something. <laughs> You know, there's nothing like the smell of jet A. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, I no, will tell you, didn't we just say that? No. I did something different this year. I flew into Plant City oh, this okay. year. Oh, how was that? That was excellent. I've staged out of there before when I'm from here, although I've always flown in here. There have been pilot reports to do and such when the planes have been out of Plant City, so I pretty much know it. So I thought this year... 
to avoid the hassles of like getting out right before the show closes for yeah. the day. Sure. I think it was last year. I was the last one out. I was on frequency. Somebody was ahead of me. They called him. He didn't answer. Three Papa Mike, you on frequency? Yeah. Go get out. Take an immediate right turn, right. clear the area. The guy in front of me got on the frequency right after. Oh, I'm ready. Too late. Head to the FBO. <laughs> you can leave in four hours. So wanted to avoid oh, that. This is prior to the air show, you yes. mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So, you know, Plant City are outside of the TFR. And then presumably there's a shuttle of some sort that you can ride? or uh... Uh, No, actually there, there would be great because I don't know if, why there isn't, but uh, you can rent a car there. So yeah, okay. instead of picking up no, that's one good. here, that's it up there on my way. Yeah. Anyways, hey, we're going to come back in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to be joined by some other friends of the podcast and uh, a special guest from the Sun and Fun staff. But uh, uh, we're out here on the uh, edge of the grounds of the 2017 Sun and Fun Fly-In. We're having a good old time and uh, chatting with friends and enjoying the airplanes in the sky. But uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. Hello, aviators. This is Pilot Jim G, and you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, broadcasting at 1510 a.m. from Lakeland, Florida, and streaming live on the web at liveatc.net forward slash SNF. You can come to AOPA's campus at sunandfun.org for more information. And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Shoreline Aviation Services. And we're back on the deck here at Sun and Fun Radio with uncontrolled airspace. Uh, it uh, continues. It's actually, actually getting a little breezy. It almost feels like something might be developing here. But It's I, raining. That would be rain. Oh, is it actually raining? Oh, it is raining out there. Look at that. Okay. Well, excitement. Like I said, these things happen in Florida sometimes. We're joined uh, here uh, on our podcast on uh, uh, Shawbetter's deck uh, by uh, a, a, a great old friend of the podcast and uh, a new great friend, hopefully, of the podcast, um, Craig Barnett. Uh, they're both from Scheme Designers, but Craig Barnett, the the head honcho guy, inspiration leader, chief Ar- pilot, who, who is not that old. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's Hi, all Craig. it's all you? relative. How are you doing? Extremely happy to be here. It's always it's a, it's always, always fun to start the season down in Florida like this. You've been joining us on the podcast off and on since the very very early days of the podcast. So yeah. I guess that does make you old. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, the, telling us, sharing with us a lot of stories about your flying experiences, your dad's flying experiences, were, have been just some of the highlights of the podcast over the years. And uh, yeah, so welcome back. Thank you. For me, this is my eighteenth. Sun and fun, eighteen. Okay, so but now that so numbers are interesting. Let's talk about another number here. Uh, congratulations are in order um, because uh, your company, Scheme Designers, um, which is uh, um, uh, you know just I see them see your work and I hear about your work all over the industry, um, is celebrating what your twentieth year. Yeah, we're celebrating our twentieth year this year, which is amazing to me because when I started this little business, it was. A hobby start. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knew that uh, 20 years later and 12,500 designs, 143 countries when I last counted. Right, right. And I would still be here doing this. And so, I love it. And we don't want this to turn into a commercial for scheme no. designers because you don't need it. But, no. but, but give me like, you know, 15 seconds on what is scheme designers and what do you do? Well, we design paint schemes for aircraft from... Smallest home builds up to large airliners. 
and we design, specify, and engineer them for application. Mm -hmm. That's my and smallest some work. Thank you very but much. But you've done the livery for a number of OEMs, and we can see your work on, on the field here. Yes, I'm pleased to say that about half of the planes on display we've, we've touched, uh, which is really nice. Um, we do a lot of the OEM yep. uh, um, things. And you're, you're responsible for the non-paint job on the uh, one-week wonder up the road. And, uh, the non- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that story in July. All right, we'll come back to that later on. Well, who's with you? Uh, yes, I actually was going to embarrass him real quickly here, but uh, but you're probably right. That's probably wise here. Um, also, a new friend of the podcast uh, is uh, Janet Davidson. How are you doing, Janet? How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, and so, I, I think David, do you, do you know Janet from probably from the industry, right? Well, a little. I've met I've met David through some um, yeah these, designers. These shows going back yeah at least eighteen years and. Uh, at uh, least, I, I always well, credit her with. I always credit her with actually being the person that keeps Craig in business. I, I, <laughs> but I believe right. Janet also f has flown the photo plane up at Oshkosh. That's what I was going to get at. I, I, as I discovered earlier, Janet, you have a very rich aviation history. Um, well, you, you've done a lot of different things and worn a lot of different headsets. Oh yeah, well, she's uh, not just a booth babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the stories you didn't get before we started was. I first came to Sun and Fun in 1991. Oh, I learned to fly. There you go. I learned to fly at North Perry Airport in down by Miami, and after getting my private license, I um, was to go just go and build hours. It was a 141 school. Go and build hours. Go and get some time in a 152. And so, I filed my flight plan absolutely by the book. Everything was done by the book because it was brand. My license was brand new, and I got my briefing from flight flight service, and everything was perfect. And I. Set off on my cross country, and it's Florida, you can go north or south, really. And so I was going north, and I got a little bit lost on the way, and then I managed to find my way again, and I was doing okay. And I listened to the ATIS and didn't know anything about aviation apart from the last three weeks when I got my private license, so I didn't know it was different. And I followed the aircraft ahead of me, and I waggled my wings when I was told to. <laughs> and I came into land, and North Perry is a very busy airport, so I didn't think it was particularly busy here. Yeah. The fact that there was like three aircraft landing okay. on the runway ahead yeah, of me. It was fine, yeah. I landed, I taxied in, and as I taxied in, I thought, there's a lot of airplanes here. <laughs> and, um, and I got out the airplane, and the greeters are all like, hey, welcome to Sun and Fun. How long are you staying mm. for? And I said, oh, I'm I'm just doing a solo cross country. I just get some <laughs> Can you sign my logbook? <laughs> yeah. So they were really, they all fell about laughing, and I went over to Barto and got fuel and went back. Um, and the next day, of course, I'm doing the same thing because I have to do like 25 hours of yeah. cross country time. And I, I do exactly the same thing. I'm coming up here somewhere. I can't remember where I was going to. And um, they, the guy at flight service went, Full briefing, and at the end of it, he said, and watch out for the airspace around Lakeland because they've got an air show there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you could so, have told me that yesterday. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, oh so well. I've, yeah, I've been to Sun and Fun once. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your aviation career because you've flown some different kinds of airplanes and different kinds of missions. Uh, yes, I flew for the airlines. I, after I learned to fly here, I, I did the flight instructor route, went back to the UK, did the British exams. You haven't lived till you've done those. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then got a job working for the airlines back in Scotland, and then we moved to Oshkosh. I lived there for 12 years. Uh -huh. I was very lucky to live there, and um, was roped in to go and fly for Jim Kepnick, doing the air-to-air -air flying uh, photo shoots. I'm sure that was a real hardship. 
It was really, <laughs> and flying with Jim was really tough. Yes, yeah. um, Bruce Moore very kindly trained me up. The Jim Kepnick, the, the great photographer, formerly yes. of EAA, and yes. still a great photographer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, amazing photographer. Yeah. Um, What's it like to do that kind of a mission? And Dave, Dave, a, f a former kind of current and longtime uh, photo sh or airplane shooter as well, has talked a little bit about this. But what's your perspective on what's it like to try and plan one of these photo missions? You well, just jump in the airplane and go take pictures. I, I, was actually, I was actually going to say, before you got into the more serious side of it, I was going to say, you know, you have that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh -huh. the same flying okay. the gym. What happened in the airplane? There's a story that I'm not sure we've ever told Craig yet. I'm not sure if I ought to do it on air. Yes. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Just quite, as long quite, as you don't endanger the license, I mean, that's all no, I no, care no, about. No, right? no, no, no. I was no. on the ground. I'm sure. No, no, he wasn't in the airplane. Um, he, Craig very kindly used to lend us his cardinal to do photo flying with, and we were doing as a thank you. We did a photo shoot with his airplane. Bruce was flying EA's 210 with Jim, and the other photo pilot Walt Dorlach and I were flying Craig's cardinal, and we were doing the photo shoot. And Walt is about six foot eight and a half is a really tall guy and I was flying the Cardinal and Walt decided that to make the photo shoot really special he should moon the 210 <laughs> <laughs> no wonder my plane smelled strange when I got it <laughs> uh, okay all right now we are straying into too much information uh yeah and so he, did he Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ask Jim next time if you have. I will here. definitely. Ask him about that. You mean yeah. there's a record now, of that somewhere? Somewhere. Now I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. Jim was the was the target or the source of this mooning. Jim was the target. He the, was in the two ten taking the, the photograph. Right. So, so Jim has. So the Jim photograph. might have photo photographic evidence. Yeah, I think he may have added some tassels onto it somewhere. <laughs> right. yeah. Think of it graphically. Okay. That's not going to go uh, away. Right. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. that's, that's burned in. Yeah. I never saw that photo. Oh. <laughs> they framed it I for you. I'm, I think I'm about to be fired, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Craig, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, I've heard through the rumor mill that you have squandered your son's college education fund on a, on a new airplane or fixing an airplane or what's going on? Yeah, not only my son's <laughs> college fund, I did my daughter's college fund as well. Oh, and she's in college now. I, I have to call her and tell her, sorry, I'm not paying anymore. Well, what's play going on? Well, um, my uh, illustrious aircraft partners decided that one engine wasn't enough. So they... So you're adding an, an engine to the 210? Yes, they suggested that we get a twin engine upside down 210 with a big B on the tail. So uh, okay. I happened to go to Aero Friedrichshafen a couple of years ago, and I, I remember sitting at the airport having this big debate about why do we really need a Baron, and I really am in no position to afford a Baron and all of this. And then while I was at Friedrichshafen, they bought a Baron. So then I became a Baron owner. And uh, so I've had that plane for two years, and I went to the Bahamas in, in December in the plane, which was actually a pleasure. Going over the water with two engines is so different from going with one engine. So I'm sure Amy can tell you. And uh, I had my family. It was the first time they were really doing a trip in this aircraft. And we came home and I sent the plane for annual right after I landed in January. And uh, then the guy tells us, yeah, we didn't find any uh, traces of metal in your uh, in your filter, we found chunks of metal. This plane's not going anywhere anymore. <laughs> so now I'm also the proud owner of a new engine, which I was very pleased with. So it's been a, an interesting 
experience to fly in that more rarefied era of flying twins. It's fun to fly, but I don't know how long I can sustain this. <laughs> yeah. But did your single engine ever let you down over water? No. And but how do your I partners feel about the twin now that they've had the experience? Uh, they will love it, but uh, there's really n not an issue with them. They really uh, We're four people who own the aircraft, and this plane flies 350 or so hours a year. So in the past two years, we've put 700 hours on the aircraft. Uh, you know, two of them hopped in the plane and went off to California for the week. I mean, they're just flying the hell out of it. So they really are enjoying it. And for my mission, it actually works quite well. And certainly when you are going over the lakes to Oshkosh or going to the Bahamas or having to fly at night or whatnot, it does give you that little bit of extra peace of mind. Yeah. So I am enjoying well, it. Good. And your kids, they're smart enough already, so they don't need yeah, to yeah, much, How much education do you really <laughs> need? Yeah, really. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get back and talk more with Craig and Janet in a few minutes, but we've been joined by a, 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 a special guest, uh, someone who's taken a few minutes out of his busy time here uh, at Sun and Fun. Um, I want to welcome uh, Greg Gibson to the podcast. How are you doing, Greg? Uh, doing well. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, let me just say, I'm Thanks Jack. I'm me. Jack Hodge. So I'm not sure how much you got briefed on this. This is uh, We're working here with radio, but we're also producing a podcast okay. uh, called Uncontrolled Airspace. And sure. uh, this will, uh, in addition to going out live as it is right now, is going to go into our feed. And so I'll, you know, perhaps... Um, for, be heard by an audience that may not be familiar with some of the things that you're doing here. And, Fantastic. Glad uh, to help. So uh, um, we were really curious. Uh, we, we were talking earlier, uh, and every year we talk about the, uh, the, 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 the impressive undertaking here. And uh, We should mention Greg's position here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> doesn't everybody know? I guess everybody. Greg is, Greg is the director of operations for Sun and Fun. Is that correct? That's, that, what, that's correct. I um, take care of all that stuff. And what? And and do you have a special role here during this week of the of the fly-in? I well, I, I guess the air show director. So my job is to pretty much every aircraft that moves on the field. Okay. Oh, okay. So more, I, I, see, I was I was told nothing to do. Nothing. Yeah, you're not a thing. You're yeah. just not at all busy, huh? Yeah. yeah. A little, so, little liquid sunshine we're getting right now is kind of a break. So, Well, that's interesting. Um, um, being in charge of a big air show, and this is a big, not only one air show, it's, it's uh, well, it's six eight. plus eight plus, yeah. plus two, eight air yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. sure is. Um, what's that like? What's it like to be involved in that whole process? Is it? Well, first, it's an honor. I mean, I've been coming here. This is my 14th Sun and Fun, um, fourth one on the staff, and uh, third one as the air show director, and it's just... Uh, it's a phenomenal undertaking by a lot of great people that have got a, just a keen understanding of how to operate, you know, an aviation event, you know, this scale, and uh, just to sit back and have the role of, of of being able to help them get what they need in order to carry off something uh, like I said, this magnitude is just uh, it's a real pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it, what's it like to? I think a lot of people would be curious what it's like to work with the actual air show performers, uh, and and not and I'm not kind of being being snippy about this. I'm kind of curious about the actual process. Um, is there you know, rehearsal, do you audition them? Do you, how does that work? Well, actually the audition has been over about the last 15 years because I'm really pleased and honored to call most of these people my friends. Uh -huh. So knowing where they are and where they come from and, and having seen and worked for and with a lot of them, you know, all over the country and all over the world in some cases, um, you know, being able to bring them into you know, an event that now I have the, have the chance to run is, uh, it's not, it's not as difficult as you might think. We have kind of a waiting list of people that would like to be, uh, you know, part of the event and, uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, a lot of activity around that, and everything seems to be, uh, like I say, mostly based on a lot of history. 
And then, of course, there's some new folks that come along now and then that you'll see and hear about, and you take time to go you know, look and see what they look like and mm-hmm. get recommendations from the other performers. Sure. And that's how a lot of people get their start here. Do you actually fun. go to other air shows to watch these people before? I have. Or? Yeah, I, I will in a lot of cases. just depends on what the schedules allows. But during the rest of the season, sure, we'll get out there and have a look and just see what they're doing yeah. and uh, happen to come across uh, uh, you know, some uh, that have... Are there a lot of candidates out there, or is it hard to find new acts? No, there, there's no shortage. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're we're a little strict here at Sun and Fun. The qualifications are things that we'd like to be sure we keep to a, a certain standard. Not that there's not you know wonderful pilots that are up and coming in the world, but you know having a surface level waiver is something that we're very interested in making sure that they have from both the excitement and also the experience that it takes to get that that qualification through the uh, the ACE program, the aerobatic competency evaluators that, mm-hmm. that assess that. So giving them a statement of aerobatic competency or a SAC card that allows them to fly aerobatic maneuvers near the surface is something that's more exciting, what the crowd's looking for, and also gives a statement of, of confidence towards you know the safety of that performance. So when, when do you actually start lining up acts for a given year? Let's see. We wrap up on April 9th, so about April 10th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we start Does working ICAST on early. play much of a role in... You- you're lining up it does you know a lot of shows and i've been with a lot of shows that would uh, kind of actually just stack their deck at icast and most of those are later in the season so it makes a lot of sense with us being kind of earlier in the season um it's a little bit uh late yeah. honestly to start that planning process so i usually about september honestly yeah. is when i start working on it there we go I- icast is the uh, air show industry show the international council of air shows right it. so it's an association that also holds a show in what las vegas I it think, is right? it's a yeah. convention yeah and usually and, in the uh, in the paris yeah and uh our friend Dave Schalbetter just came out to say hi. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey. What? I wandered by the field on uh, Thursday, okay. just be- uh, before the weekend, um, because I was just curious to see how setup was going and mm-hmm. things like that. And one of the things that took me by surprise was that there were air show, there was air show like flying going on. And it seemed that perhaps they were practicing. What, what was going on then? They were actually. That was a new thing this year that the International Council of Air Shows had had, had, had tabled up as a clinic uh, for air show performers. We had an air boss, uh, the great Wayne Boggs, was over there on the other side of the field, who, who was a, a great uh, volunteer and uh, air boss here at Sun and Fun for years and years. And uh, they set about an air show environment for the performers to work in and to be evaluated. You know, by their peers, and then by you know experts that were watching how those performances went, and then to critique those and help them improve their game. And there was a, a really good lineup of, of real A-list talent over there, making sure that they could you know mm-hmm. sharpen their skills. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, it was a I've been to fly-ins that didn't have as good an air show as I saw Thursday afternoon. That was amazing. That yeah, was some great guys over there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, do you guys have questions for Greg about the air show and about the whole uh, that that part? We're going to talk about grounds and facilities in just a second, but uh, and the and the year-round sun and fun experience. But air show, um, you are in charge of managing all the GA flights. In does that fall under you as well? It, it does. I said about the waivers and the the various things that control the well. It's my job to coordinate with air traffic control, the FAA, and make sure that we've got our field. Uh, set up so our our graphic notum that goes out and all the things that that set the uh, airspace in place for the event are things that I have oversight on. And uh, today, the first day, how was our traffic? It seemed uh, pretty good. Now we have a little line of of weather just north yeah, of so. us up here, and I feel like that probably kept it down. So the statement of pretty good is even including that. I thought for having that weather system that's just a little bit north of us up there. 
I felt like we did you know, fairly well. There's a lot of airplanes out there, and a lot came in over the weekend as well. We had a pretty good show up uh, air traffic coming in even Saturday and Sunday. So, and anything pilots can do to help out as they're inbound? Are they observing everything? Any tips? That is a great question. Uh, obviously, coming into Sun and Fun, having, a, having someone in your right seat would be highly advisable. Just another set of eyes uh, and keeping an eye on things and definitely ears. Um, the, the notum is very specific about how to do the entry pattern, making sure that you're paying attention. So, and always checking the latest notum, you know, before you get in the aircraft, we did have changes. Some of the radio frequencies were misprinted in the first notum issuance on the first of March. So by the end of March, the things had changed. So it's always important to make sure that those good pilots were always keeping an eye on the things that were taught and not just say, Oh, I got that thing back in March. I'm good. You know, it, it, it can change all the way up to and including the last you know, few minutes. So it's always that's that's the best advice, and of course, then the other other eyes and ears as you're coming inbound because there's not a lot of chatter on the on the frequency. Um, keeping the in, eyes on the aircraft around you are, is very important. And to have a job like yours, how do you get involved? How do you get to do what you're doing now? Well, when they ask for volunteers and you don't step you know, backward with the rest of the crowd, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it is it's an honor. Um, I, I think just timing it was a lot of it. Um, I'm. I happen to be here as a staff member already, and, and Wayne had uh, retired and had been taking care of that job. So I happen to have some experience in that, and they asked me if I'd like to do it. And, of course, it was, it was not hard to say yes. Well, doing a great job from what I can see. Well, thank you. We're, we're Amy? very blessed. I noticed that you've rearranged some of the ground uh, situation here this year. How are people handling taxiing in and trying to get where they're supposed to park and... Some of those, well, a lot of it, as far as the parking for general aviation parking, general aviation aircraft, vintage, most of that's still the same. Now, the 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 ramp areas for some of the display aircraft have been overhauled dramatically. And one of the things we wanted to try to do was have as many um, types of aircraft in the high visibility areas as we could. And also, to, you know, a lot of the, historically, just from an operation standpoint, we would shut down part of the, the Warbird ramp out there, which is a lot of our aircraft displays. They'd shut that down in order to, for those aircraft to participate in the air show. Well, that was sort of like chasing the guests away from Cinderella's castle for a private party. You just don't want to do that, and Disney would never do that. So you just simply make a, a – we made a couple of, of changes operationally that would allow the aircraft that wanted to participate in the show to have a more um, – a more accessible environment for them. Uh, we'd be parking the the, the 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 military that's going to be actually active in the show, which would be the F-16s, uh, the A-10 for the uh, Heritage Flight, the Blue Angels. They'll all actually be staged on the north side of the field this year, which allows the other aircraft to taxi along runway 523, which is closed for the show. But with those aircraft there, they're not normally allowed to taxi past them. So relocating okay. them, you know, is kind of a chess game. You move in, and definitely, a, you know, you always wonder what the one's move is going to cause. But we moved some aircraft over there to the north side of the 523. That way they had kind of their own environment to work from. And then that allowed us more display area on the Warbird ramp. Now we don't have to shut it down. Um, it's an experiment, but we hope it will work out to be good. And right now the reaction from people that are walking out there and seeing some of the larger aircraft that they've never seen on the Warbird ramp has been real positive. So we're, we're hopeful that that'll, that'll stick. One last question about the about the air show uh, air, uh, operations. Um, the uh, two big military jet teams here uh -huh. this year. Yep. How, is that 
the same or different or I couldn't imagine there's more paperwork involved. Well, there, you know, actually, our, our friends at the FAA have made that a little bit simple on us. And I have to thank George Klein, our air boss this year, for being at Melbourne the week before our air show where they vetted through the French team on Thursday and uh, Friday. Okay. So mm-hmm. they got their little practice in and um, fine-tuned what they needed to do to make entry into the U.S. and operate in our airspace. So um, George kind of took all the heavy lifting on with that thing and made my life a little bit easier. Um, there's a lot of preparation that goes into uh, having you know, any of our U.S. jet teams here, um, there's a significant process that you go through to go through all their checklists and whatnot. It's mm-hmm. about a 90-page operations manual and a lot of appendices. And a bigger box, more ground that you have to There secure. is. It's 12,000 feet here. Um, we, we go 2,700 feet deep and 12,000 feet wide mm-hmm. uh, for the Blue Angels, which is actually the second of two boxes we use during the day's show. We use a smaller one for the civilian performers and for those that don't require the larger area. Sure. Of course, the jet teams need the larger ones. Now, I know in past years, I don't know if it was the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds, but you've had to actually secure a portion of the campground. Correct. And, so and that happens. We did it today, in fact, for the French team. They used yeah. a 10,000-foot box, and we secured the campground for the duration of their time. We try to be respectful of those folks, let them know that you know it's coming, this is when it's coming, this is how long you'll have to be out, and then once they're done, they're done. So. Mm-hmm. That then they can go back, which is you know, kind of a drag, but it's what we've got. So. Yeah, no, I think it's I, I think it's worth the price. I haven't been had to relocate, but well, I, hopefully they'll seems come like down to show center where they can hear everything right. anyway with the announcers. There and you whatnot. go, Greg. Yeah. How many people does it take for you to coordinate with all of this? Wow. Um, well, several sections. We have our air operations team, our ground operations team. Of course, there's the air show uh, performer support. Um, I've got a gentleman named Sam Huffstetler that is my air operations chairman. For this, as, as you guys know, Sun and Fun has 141 different areas, each having its own chairman, mm-hmm. and up to 3,500 volunteers can swell the ranks beneath those guys in order to carry off the, the thing. So, yeah. uh, Warbird volunteers, uh, Jim Ozaki, uh, Zach has that uh, has that distinction, and there's about 100 uh, Warbirds volunteers in that area, probably close to. I would say 60 to 70 of the air operations and ground operations guys that are carrying that off. So it's a couple hundred people uh, that are making that happen. A lot of moving parts to coordinate. Lots of moving parts. GA yeah. parking, GA camping, um, home-built camping, home-built parking, overnight parking, day camping, day, or, you know, day trip guys are just in and out. Um, lots of things happening. So we have, uh, you know, and, and with a single, basically two runways with that, you know, obviously one runway is the full time and the other one's a ad hoc using mm-hmm. taxiway alpha. Yeah. Any changes down in Choppertown this year? Choppertown is, is making a little bit of revival down there. Um, no changes per se, although I think we may have a couple more, which is great. Um, Paradise City has gotten a little bit of an upgrade in that the fact that we have gotten a new uh, grass strip there, a turf strip that is yeah. full-time, runway now 826 until the NOTAM drops, and it is uh, part of our Lakeland Aero Club's mm-hmm. responsibility. Those kids that are in there, the largest aero sure. club in the world, it high seems like a club. great program. Yeah. It is. 100 kids in yeah. that thing. Yeah, and, very, very uh, cool. It's, uh, it's going quite well, so they got, a, they got a big upgrade on their runway this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. It's outstanding. Um, I, I, I know you've got limited time, but there is another area I want to ask you a little bit about. Sure. Um, so in addition to the work with the, this this event this week or week and a half or you know, however long it takes, um, you are a year-round staff member for Sun and Fun. I am. Yes, what, I am. What is your job the rest of the year? Well, coordinating this uh, event and, of course, any other aviation operations that we have going on during the year, which are many. We have uh, – probably would shock most people to know we have almost 80 events scheduled for 2017 on the grounds here at Sun and Fun. 
we have. I, I, I knew you had more. I didn't realize it was that yeah, many. That's huge. Yeah. Um, our 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 facility uh, rental program has just gone off the chart. We have uh, some some significant events. So lar- one of the, one of Florida's largest barbecue events takes place. Mm-hmm. It's called Pig Fest, and we're we'll be coordinating with that organization to turn it into a fly-in event. Um, we have two car shows here annually. The Carlisle uh, Spring and Winter Auto Fest are here. We'll have 50,000, 60,000 people coming in for a, a Mecham or a Barrett-Jackson-style auto auction, mostly centered mm-hmm. around classic mm-hmm. you know, muscle cars and whatnot. So that's a lot of fun. Um, we had uh, one of the Florida hospitals here uh, had had their 100-year anniversary gala. They held it right in Hangar A. We converted that thing into something that you would might find in the Beverly Hilton. They actually put in a ceiling and white carpet all the way across the 20,000 square feet of floor. Had Jay Leno and Trisha Yearwood as the headliners. Yeah. Just amazing some of the things nice. that are going on here. Now, in addition to probably helping to raise a lot of money for the other programs, mm-hmm. do you find that, that those activities are, are a way to expose other people to aviation stuff as well? We don't do anything here without trying to make sure that someone walks away with a flavor for aviation mm-hmm. and a good one at that. You know, We want to make sure that they have seen and been exposed to you know, some of the things that gets our blood racing, you know, and hopefully they at least pick up on a part of that. So if not only for themselves, but someone they might share it with. So we have a uh, matter of fact, the, the, the mayor of Lakeland, Mayor uh, Howard Wiggs, has a uh, mayor's breakfast here the last three years. It's just been a tremendous outpouring of support from the local community. 350 people or so showed up this last March to come in and just hear what's going on. Um, our, of course, our, our Boeing 727 here that was donated by FedEx and converted through uh, a lot of money through no short no shortage of funds through the uh, Tom Davis Foundation helped out significantly with that. Um, it's not a learning laboratory, fully functional. So mm-hmm. that's they like coming out and seeing that. The back end's a conference center with a, a right. really neat conference room where people can have, hold meetings and whatnot. And several yeah. have. So yeah, just really ma- make sure I'm clear on that. So they, they actually go in and fire up the uh, cockpit. We've done that the last two years for that breakfast. We have the kids actually do it. We let the students come in and mm-hmm. they demonstrate that they're you know going to sit in the cockpit of this 727, talk to ATC, fire up the engines, and then uh, the rest of the people sit in the fuselage and marvel at at that and wish they were up there nice so. <laughs> nice um what kinds of improvements or changes to the grounds do you make um either to support this event the the fly-in or uh, these other year-round events oh tremendous you know this field has been here for a long time it was world war ii uh, b-17 support uh, facility in fact so you know get, keep getting it up and keeping it up with the times has been something of a challenge mm-hmm. and now that we have so many different events going on it's been more important than ever so things that people don't think about like re-roofing hangar a that was a major operation that took place uh over about the last three months right before the fly-in you know the bill on that's close to 100 140,000 dollars it takes just to put a new roof on a hangar um we added bathrooms you know to hangar a now we were talking about that a little bit earlier yeah, yeah i think so, people uh, will really enjoy that uh, if you notice the grounds here our signage there's been a trans a real transformation in the paint um color coordination with the different buildings um a real sense of a campus now and it's very exciting we hope people come by and visit us when the fly-in's not going on because that's when you get to see what we're really doing here with our aerospace center for excellence and the cause that mm-hmm. sun and fund now financially uh, supports and then of course they education programs there lead into the activity of the Lakeland Aero Club, which is kind of the action arm of the, of the little, of the little mm-hmm. trifecta there. Yeah. Um, what sort of challenges are, to, are there to putting this kind of an event on in this facility? Is, is there, are, what, what, what would you fix first if you could? I would have an opposing runway. <laughs> uh-huh. Just something that we could have outside the aerobatic box that would allow for a little more safer transition of traffic. That would be one thing we'd like to have. Now, obviously, that's something that really can't happen. We're a little bit lock- yeah. landlocked here. That's something that Oshkosh enjoys that they're a little envious of. 
Um, other than that, you know, the facilities are, are pretty spectacular. We've got the you know, good hangar space. We're very pleased. We're completely sold out on our exhibits this year. I heard, yeah. Um, we set a record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was almost uh, 500 and uh, close to 515, I think, individual exhibitors were here. Um, more exhibitors and more space that they consume than, than we have since we've been keeping records. So we're yeah. very excited about that. Um, several campground facilities have been improved. Uh, we've had uh, our, our raiders, the guys that take care of all the garbage. Another thing people don't really think about is how do you get all of the garbage out of here mm-hmm. when something like this is going on? Well, that group takes care of it, and they just got a brand-new facility off of Rocky Road over here, which allowed us to expand and have a new family fun center mm-hmm. you know, on the ground. So yeah. you know, several different things of that nature that have been really neat. We've had uh, several new aircraft that have been added, obviously the, the 727 over the last couple of years. Um, we added in the... Uh, the Cosmic Muffin. I don't know if anyone saw the Cosmic Muffin behind I, I confess I did not. What, yeah, what was a, that? It's a fuselage. Uh, it's actually the fuselage of what was Howard Hughes. Um, oh, my gosh. It's the Boeing. Uh, the class just leaves me all of a sudden. But it's the it's, it was Howard Hughes' personal transportation back in the day. Okay. And if you'll notice, there's this, there's, it's right behind the museum. And you'll see, and it's, it's the only thing that's on it is now the fuselage and the odd apparatus you see underneath it is a pair of pontoons because someone converted it into a boat <laughs> a boat they turn it into a boat not a seaplane it not, was just no, just just no a wings boat. on it. it's just a fuselage uh. and the interior of the aircraft is exactly the way it was left when, when howard hughes had it matter of fact he used to take you look along the line of the of the windows down the uh the the left side of the airplane and you'll see this line of windows and all of a sudden it goes up like this and there's this line of windows you think well that's really odd well when you go in the aircraft you see that what's happened here rita hayworth when Howard Hughes used to take her around on flights, mm-hmm. she liked to sit at the bar and look out the windows, and the windows were too low, so he had them moved. <laughs> so incredible history with this airplane. It was purchased and That's converted great. into this boat, and it sailed around in the uh-huh. coastal down there in Fort Lauderdale for years, and then the, the owner of it uh, got out of that business and donated it here to Sun and Fun. And we're in the process of, we'll be taking the pontoons off and restoring the fuselage back to the Howard Hughes era. But just wonderful history there. And, of course, the name Cosmic Muffin was given to that aircraft when Jimmy Buffett saw it. Oh, okay. All right. So, there we yeah, go. Jimmy Buffett saw it sailing around the intercoastal well, there. And that was didn't the museum have Howard Hughes uh, records? It uh, does. Uh, a significant amount of his personal collection. Matter of fact, his personal collection of uh, magazines and a lot of literature that he had is on display in that in that facility over there. So really wonderful. They've done a great job in there. This is, unfortunately, Sun and Fun is probably the worst time to look at it, but um, that, uh, that attendance in that is, is, is grown by uh, tens of thousands versus what it had been. We've just done a really good job. A fellow named Rob Williams is the, is the executive director of the museum over there and just done a wonderful, unbelievable job. Hands-on learning center all throughout with history scattered all through so that you can teach, mm-hmm. see where we came from. Kids are learning where we're going. It's okay. really neat. All right. And it all started out as a chapter fly-in for folks up north to come down and have a little fun in january yes it did and it's right. grown into this that's right uh we're, we're going to take a break here in just a second but uh, and we're going to let you go um i'm wondering if there's anything we haven't asked you about is there some aspect of the show or something about this year that you want everyone to know about well just that we are in the evolution we're probably three years into a into a five-year uh, program of really making a lot of very wonderful and exciting changes to you know the way that we operate Sun and Fun in order to make sure that anyone who's got an investment in Sun and Fun can come into this place. And this could be someone who bought a ticket, our volunteers, our performers, you know, anyone that came in or has any kind of investment, sponsors, exhibitors, they say we had a great time at Sun and Fun. 
it was well worth the investment we made, and we're coming back, and we're bringing somebody with us. Well, thank you. Excellent. Appreciate it. Greg Gibson, the Director of Operations for Sun and Fun, appreciate you taking a few minutes. Uh, we did get you out of the rain. so uh, It did. I sat here just long enough for the rain to stop. I know, so huh? Yeah, I had a <laughs> nice little rain shower while we were waiting. Dry for coming in, dry going out. That's the way I like it. Thank you very, very much. much. Good thank to see you. you. Appreciate thank it. You, Take care. Have a great year. So yeah, the sun, the, actually the sun is starting to come out, so the showers have passed through, and uh, uh, we've got a lot of uh, pleasant evening uh, remaining here at uh, Sun and Fun, and we also have uh, a little bit more podcasts remaining, but we are going to take a quick break here, so uh, we will be back with the whole gang uh, after this break. Uh, the year we're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. Hundreds of thousands strong, AOP... And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Shoreline Aviation Services. And welcome back to the deck and uh, Sun and Fun Radio and Uncontrolled Airspace. And I'm here with my, my friends here, uh, Janet and Craig and James and Amy and Dave and I'm Jack. And uh, we've got a few more minutes here. We're going to talk for a few min- more minutes about uh, the fly-in and, and what we're looking forward to throughout the rest of the week. Um, it's a beautiful evening. The uh, I mentioned the blustery winds and they've completely cleared out whatever that, that front was that, or this, that caused the uh, rain showers. We had a little squall lying. Yeah, I, and I was I was so concentrating on, on the uh, on the conversation that i didn't even notice you were getting wet over here david i uh, i can't even uh, uh, no i'm not going to say how i was getting wet but. <laughs> i hope you were the only one getting wet but yeah it, it rained for a couple minutes it rained fairly hard i don't know it's like, not thunderstorm hard and, a, a reminder of yeah. what yeah. it could be if it wasn't being so, so nice it, a there reminder was we're no in Florida. thunder was no thunder that would have been cool that's that's radio that's thunder yeah it would be good but uh, anyways Which brings us back to our tornado a few years ago yeah. I know, you know, you know I was one bad weather. He yeah. mentioned he mentioned how they had to re-roof Hangar A, yeah. and and I was going, <laughs> I was, I really, really, I'm thinking, no, don't, don't, don't ask him. Didn't you have to re-roof Hangar A in 2011? But the buildings uh, are true tested to 110 miles it, an hour. They are. Wasn't it Hangar A, Amy, that you took refuge in? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had they to crawl under the out. door that was closing. That's on because, me. yeah, because your husband beat you there, and I <laughs> right, right. There's a story. He's there. got longer legs. <laughs> I will never forget looking, because our booth is in Hangar A, and I would remember looking out the the door to where AOPA was at that time, currently where that big Black Hawk helicopter lives with the, uh, um, I forget who's got the Black Hawk there. It's uh, CPB, it's uh, Customs, Customs and Border Control. Yes, Customs and Border Control. Right. And I remember looking out at the AOPA hangar when they told me bad weather was coming, and it got grayer and grayer, and I, I'm talking about looking across a little road. And it just vanished, and the door was open, and it was just you couldn't see anything. Gray. Out, it was like someone put a gray curtain down. And then when they started lowering the door to secure the building, people were running in the bu- into the building. And as the door got lower and lower, they were running and dropping on the floor. It was an and in- rolling yeah, under the it door. It was a little Indiana yes. Jones moment yeah. there. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So, but there's a very Amy was one of those. Yeah. No, no, I did not drop and roll. I pounded, <laughs> and it went back up again, and I went in. So, I'm sure, by the way, our hosts at Sun and Fun love us reliving this whole. <laughs> well, that might be, but there was a very funny story. Yeah. So, um, the the porter sands where the new bathrooms are now next to Hangar A, they all got blown over. Yes. And I believe there were some people like trapped or whatnot, but yeah. that wasn't the story. <laughs> they shut the show down and uh, they sent everybody who didn't need to be here home. And we drove through the grounds on our way out. Yes. And we drove past Hangar B and then past the alleyway between Hangar B and A. And I remember seeing, I looked left up the alleyway, 
It's hard to keep a straight face, which you can't see on radio, but yeah. I have to do my best over here. And there was the Port of Sand Company. Pick <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, you got us this far. You can't leave this us now. This is so tough. The, the Port of Sand... Uh, AM radio, though. Keep in mind, AM radio. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Port of Sand Company was picking up the Port of Sands. And as I drove past, a guy picked up one, and then the door opened... <laughs> And Amy tumbled out, right? No. <laughs> it wasn't Amy. It was just like everything in the port said just tumbled out to this guy. And then I was gone. I was like past the alleyway. So, so I got that like snippet of that <laughs> horrific instant in that poor man's life. <laughs> and I, I, unfortunately for him, laughed the entire way home. So there was, <laughs> there was something funny that came out of that uh, uh, horrific okay. event. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm sure. That <laughs> now you got me. You can't talk. There you go. Well, back to the drama. I had just driven into the parking lot, okay. and it got really it's like earthquake really stories. Everybody has dark. to tell where they were, right? Yeah, and and I'm like, I'm not getting out of the car. <laughs> it's like dark, and something bad is going to happen here. And the car just started shaking and rocking and shaking and and it was going on for a while, and then sort of it stopped and cleared, and then. And then it was like you're a survivor of some sort of attack or something. You wander out and there's things scattered all over. There was uh, an arrow cam that was mating with an eclipse. I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was this new product that had showed up on the grounds for the first time that year called an iPad. And there were vendors in the different buildings giving demonstrations of it. And one of the demonstrations that they were giving was how you could get live weather on this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, having grown up in the Midwest, I recognized what was coming from looking out the window. And I start to head east to talk to some of the vendors I know whose airplanes weren't tied that tightly. Give them a warning. I went on to warn them, you need to snug those ropes up. You need to make sure they're tied down tight. And as I was going by this one guy giving a demonstration, I stopped and I looked over his shoulder. And there's this blob, green, yellow, purple, red. On and the I iPad stopped screen. And I, said, uh -huh. yeah. I stopped and I said, excuse me, is, is that live? And he goes, yes, sir, you can see that weather right there. I said, yes, sir, that weather is right <laughs> there. Look up. And, and you may you may want to discontinue this demonstration until it goes by. And he looked and he got kind of ashen and he went, okay, folks, we're done for the day. <laughs> Little did he know. Yeah, it was an exciting it, he's day. He's selling live weather, not realizing that how close it was to him. And he blew it up and he got a look at a couple of the roads on the map and then, yes we're we're done folks we're done <laughs> went out through here talked to a couple of the vendors the canadian guys in particular uh from diamond i'm being a guys hated. you need to snug up really snug up that's going to be ugly that's going to be um, truly ugly. I, I won't tell you all of my my her, her, her tornado story except to say that I, I actually shot video of it from that doorway, from the doorway of Sun and Fun Radio. I was shooting video and out cussed. here. I, I did curse. I was excited. <laughs> um, and uh, and that video is, is very popular on my YouTube channel. If anybody's curious to see what that hurricane, that tornado rather, excuse me, tornado looked like from the doorway here. Uh, and it was pretty exciting. I, I, and they wouldn't let me stand in the doorway and watch it. They seemed to think that my life was in danger. Which so. it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. Enough tornado stories. We got like yeah, we got a few minutes left here. Um, we still. Got, this is day one of Sun and Fun. There's a lot of cool stuff going to happen over the next few days, and I'm just curious what people might be looking forward to. So maybe we can go around the ground. 
start with Janet. I would start with Janet, around. but Janet's new, and we're going to go easy on her here. So we're going to go to Craig first, <laughs> okay. and we're going to give Janet a, th- a moment to collect her thoughts. Here. Craig, what are you looking forward to? Collecting my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the poor souls that you won't get. This is the only time of the week that you aren't going to be in the exhibit hall, right? You, 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 you spend a lot of time in your booth and... Yeah, this is this is the tragedy of being a vendor at Sun and Fun is that you're stuck in a little, yeah. uh, in my case, ten by ten space for for six days, and you're dying to be outside to go and see mm-hmm. everything great and new. I always take the tact of asking a lot of people I know who come by the booth who I know are taking everything in. So what have you seen? What am I missing? What do I need to know when I'm here? Um, so uh, uh, that's that's typically the way that I go through Sun and Fun, but. I do, I do get out and, and uh, visit with a lot of the manufacturers, so I do enjoy seeing the new products. And in fact, um, you, you were talking about the, the Mooney earlier, and I was actually quite excited to get out and finally like really see, feel, and touch that uh, new two-door Mooney. Cause even though it only has one engine. Even though it only has one engine, I prefer one engine. <laughs> you, you, don't have, you don't have any more children's college funds to buy another airplane. I, uh, no, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're looking forward to that. I mean, anything else, if you could get out, you'd, you'd like to go see, eh? Um, I have to give it a little bit of, of thought because I wasn't quite expecting the question. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I do like to just wander around and kick tires. For me, the going around and just looking at aircraft, whether they're on the showground exhibit area or the... I really like to get out to the the home built area just between the exhibit area and the and the runway and look at all the RVs sitting there and all the different types of aircraft and I don't get enough time to do that so I really do look forward to sneaking away and going and wondering and seeing what incredible things people have built and brought here um and to me that's always a highlight yeah that is one of the highlights Janice Janet, your turn. Janet, and are you uh, have, I, have you given you enough time to uh, what, something you're looking forward to this week that you? Well, I was just when Craig mentioned the home-built aircraft. Um, when one of the things I used to love about flying photo was um, during that adventure and sun and fun, but also the rest of the year, we would go to people's airports where they were building their own air- airplanes, and we would do a photo shoot with them. And I that's one of the things I really enjoy about working for scheme designers is the um, customers who come in who've built their own airplanes um, and they want to uh, they want Craig and the rest of the design team to create something that is unique to them and hearing their stories listening to their stories about their aircraft um, whether it was a family that built it or somebody I was talking to today who's interested in having us do a design for an aircraft that was her dad's and he passed away last year that kind of thing um Obviously, seeing all the aircraft is fascinating, and, and it's seeing them flying is very enjoyable, but it's the people and their stories that make it very special, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's here at Oshkosh or the rest of the year. That's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, and I, so I haven't warned any about this, but I'm going to try this anyways. We'll see if this works. I'm going to get to James and Amy and Dave in just a second. I'm going to start with Tim. Tim, wake up, Tim. Come on over here for a second. This is Tim Tim Attridge. I shouldn't say his last name, but I will. I'm going to hold the mic, but I'm going to let you talk for just a second here. Um, first of all, you are the guy at the airport that I can never remember its name. And sometimes I, I say the name with confidence, and I'm wrong. Okay, so tell us the name of your airplane, your airport and the operation there. If I had a chance to talk to you, I was going to quiz you to see if you could... Okay. Quest. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Quest Air Hang Gliding. Close enough. 
you've misnamed by so many other names, but which are historical names. But yes, Quest Air Hang Gliding is where I'm based at. And real quickly, what are you looking forward to this week? What do you, what do you think is going to be cool? Well, um, the best part so far was the Sonics flyby. I finally wanted to see that Sonics, uh, the way, or what's it called, the Sonics? The Subsonics? Yeah, the Subsonics jet. Oh, the jet. Yeah, it just did a, a part of the air show, and that was amazing. It was like the BD-5 we've always wanted. We finally have a real, actual, reasonable one. Very cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Uh, Mike. Mike, come on over here. Mike, Mike's, Mike's a some, well, a year, right? A year. Yes. But, but, but a year. So Mike is one of the young guns who's out, out for our podcast reputation here, all right? Uh, about a year ago, you started a podcast that's called what? Called Why We Fly. Yeah. And, and what's, what's, what are you up to there? What are you trying to do with that podcast? Well, it's pretty much sharing anything, uh, passion for aviation. So sometimes it's just me talking about what I love to do with an airplane. And other times I'm interviewing uh, all kinds of folks and talking about um, aviation and what's fun about flying and uh, trying to inspire non-pilots, potential pilots, I like to call them, to uh, go take their first discovery flight. What are you looking forward to this week? I'm already... I'm, you should have seen the look on his face. It was kind of like, oh, God, I have no <laughs> how I'm going to ever f see all the things I want to see. But come on, name one, quick. Uh, I'm going to go to Paradise City in the morning. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Where can people find out about your uh, podcast on the Internet? Whywefly.org. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jim G., come on up and say hi. Jim's responsible. Jim is the one who managed to get uh, Greg Gibson to come on the podcast, and we really appreciate that. He's a terrific supporter of the podcast. Helps us out, um, even sometimes when we don't ask him to, like like the pirate thing. You're not going to do another pirate episode this week, right? You're not. I am unable to confirm or deny whether that will or will not happen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking, I always look forward to the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast episodes. Okay, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, I really was thrilled to see my friend Larry Mednick's uh, new design. We talked about that, the Revolt, uh, new weight shift trike. Um, he's a very small business. It's, he does most of the work himself, and I, that was a big look forward to. What I do here at Sun and Fun, what I'm doing this year, is I'm working with the hospitality team, and I think it's a great um, mission because it gets us in contact with the attendees to talk to them about what they need or what they're having what they are enjoying, and to spread the mission, let everybody know, as Greg said, what Sun and Fun is all about, which unfortunately that, that word hasn't gotten out. So I do look forward to working on that this week. You're wearing a big button on your shirt that says, how may I help you, volunteer staff? So, uh, and I, I presume a lot of people are wearing this button, and so you just look for someone wearing one of these buttons if you have a question. There, as Greg said, there are 3,500 volunteers, which means you can't get very far without tripping over some of us. And everybody's just really willing to help out. Um, on, our, on the hospitality team, that's especially the mission is to make you feel, as our chairman says, it's to make you feel like you're in our backyard at a, at a party and what can we do for you? And Excellent. Thank you, Jim. And I'm so glad you're not doing a pirate episode. Not doing it. You never know. <laughs> Launchpad. Brad Marzari, another great friend of the podcast. Um, and we are starting to reach the end of our allotted time, so use caution here, all right? But uh, uh, what are you up to this week? Uh, uh, in in like, like 15 seconds, tell us what your day job is here at the Fly-In. Day job is I'm here with Pipistro Light Sport Aircraft. And what a great way to start the show. We sold one today. All, all right. right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And what are you looking for, forward to for the rest of the week? Something in particular stand out? I'm overwhelmed with the possibilities, and 
you know, everybody I've seen, and I've got to do some of my duties of running around, representing the lay listeners who come to enjoy. We who prostrate ourselves in front of our iPad every week, waiting for you to pontificate your knowledge and to speak ecumenically about aviation. I have been nominated to come and lay these things at your doorstep. Yeah. Man, a, that was more 75-cent words than I've heard in one sentence it, it's in chocolate. years. And look at that chocolate. And not only that, for Her Highness, we've brought special winter edition that's been kept cold. Oh, Amy for He's Amy. handed us, a, a, wow. uh, as he often does, a selection of really, really cool German chocolates here. That, that, uh, with really, really think this was smart, considering that there's a big exhibit of the Customs and Border Patrol people right around the corner. Oh, the best part is you go to the Customs and Border guy and you go, you want some chocolate? And he goes, oh, yeah, thanks. You go, it's smuggled. And he, you see him stop and you can just see the gears. He goes, <laughs> he, he's like, can I take it? And the other guy, and the other guy who didn't get one goes, no, you're not allowed to take that. And he goes, yeah, 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 I can. No, you can't. No, and you just see the gears. And he, he goes, I want this chocolate. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> thank that's you, Brad. Just, Brad, we really appreciate me, it. That's we just appreciate thank it. you so much. And, thank uh, you. Yeah, this is, this is like seriously dangerous chocolate. You should probably okay. eat the evidence right now. Yeah, I, yeah right. Uh, quickly, eat it now. James, what are you looking forward to? Well, look, so much to do here. I want to remind you that there's not just things to buy here, but you can also go to the places where you bought them and speak to the OEMs. If you have questions. Four Flights just come out with a new their new upgrade, and they have this new glide thing where you can set, and it will tell what airports, what circle you can glide to from wherever you are. And I'm interested in kind of just talking to them about that. You yeah, can, anybody that can. Neat. It's easy to use, but I want to job on with them anyway. Say again the name of the vendor? Uh, that's four flight. They make oh, it's the four iPad, flight. Oh, okay, four flight. Sorry. App. Yeah, four. I know four flight. Okay, Amy, what are you looking forward to? Ooh, I saw an ADSB transceiver that's in out that was the size of my thumbnail oh, yeah. today. That yeah. was really cool. It's sort of a, a chip that enables people to you know build small but still. No, it's the whole darn thing. Yeah. You don't understand. You think chip? No, 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 no. This is the unit. Right. Okay. But it's you must have to attach it to well, No, I've seen it, and it does look pretty cool. What do you want to put it on? You're going you're gonna to put... Ooh, well, it's meant to go on drones, yeah. and it's got some very neat uh, neat things happening with it. But I like where the tech's going. That's what I'm looking for yeah. this week. Yeah. We, we are actually, I think we, t- we alluded to that, where we concluded that it is necessary to require ADSB equipment on kites now. Yeah. <laughs> we did. All right. Anything else? Y'all set? That's good. I like where it's going. Hi, David. How you doing? Doing fabulous. We're almost at the end of our allotted time. We are almost at the end of our allotted time. That always makes me happy. What are you uh, looking forward to? I know what you're looking forward to immediately after our allotted time, but what are you looking forward to the rest of the week? Or anything in particular you want to make sure you don't want, don't miss? Well, Wednesday evening is the uh, first of two night shows here at Sun and Fun. It'll be another one Saturday evening. Uh, Got some uh, opportunities to uh, watch the night show from uh, up close to the flight line, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna cherry pick those. Looking forward to visiting with a couple of the vendors, getting down to Chopper Town, uh, talking avionics with uh, some folks for uh, the paying work, and uh, mostly just continuing to see and make new friends. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. Of all these things, all the things you guys have talked about, my the only thing I would add to the list of things that uh, uh, to be seen here this week is uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Blue Angels fly. That's mm. going to be a lot of fun. I, it's just always a, an amazing thing. And uh, n- not to uh, not to show any particular favoritism, but they are my favorite of all of the military teams. So the Blue Angels will be here later in the week. Hey, listen, we're running out of time here. David, is there something you want? Is that a thing? Or is, That's my clothes. we got a bunch of people we want to thank. Um, we don't have nearly enough time to do it, but I do want to take a couple minutes. Uh, Greg Gibson of Sun and Fun took some time out of his very busy schedule to sit down and uh, tell us about a little bit about his work with the show and the challenges that, that it takes to uh, put it on, and that was really appreciated. We, it's, uh, it's great. Um, big thanks to, uh, to Jim and to Brad and to Mark and to Tim for uh, stepping up. They had no idea I was going to ask them to do that, and it was great. I really appreciate hearing from you guys. Um, Janet Davidson, thank you. Uh, a new friend of the podcast. Uh, hopefully it uh, won't be the last time you join us. It's, uh, it was great meeting with you and hearing your stories. Thank you very much. Craig Barnett, a longtime friend. We didn't get you to tell any of your stories or your dad's flying stories. We'll have to get you back Next soon time. to do that because they're always terrific. I'll it's be a, back. a lot of fun. Thanks for being with us. James, thank you very much. It's always a blast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yep. And uh, Amy Laboda, thank you so much. We really appreciate your coming by, and uh, you're also very busy. And uh, I was really impressed when you said you could do it this time because you're always Happy to busy. Be here. Yeah, but that's Happy to be here. that's terrific. Um, we absolutely cannot end this thing without thanking um, our friend Dave Shalbetter, who's not even even here right now. But uh, and we don't need him to be here because he'll just be embarrassed. He hears us wherever he but, is. But uh, David Shalbetter and the entire Sun and Fun Radio family are just tremendous hosts to us here this week, and they have been for 11 years now. And uh, uh, they were they took a big chance on us 11 years ago, inviting us in to do this thing, and uh, I hope that we've repaid the favor over the years um, because it's been terrific for us, and we hope that we get to do it forever. Thank you to everybody in the in the Sun and Fun family. And Brian, who's our, our engineer, we thank him very, very much, too. Um, Hi, Jeb. Jeb's out there. I don't know if he's listening or not, but uh, wish you were here. But we, Hi, yeah, wish you were here, Hi, and Jeb. and we miss you. And uh, we, I, I fully expect that Jeb will be with us on Sunday morning on the episode. So uh, tune in then, and we'll, we'll get Jeb's. Uh, I don't know what we'll get. It's Jeb, uh, but that's very cool. Dave Higdon, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. It's always fun doing this stuff with you. I love this, or I would have quit years ago. <laughs> hey, I'm Jack Hodgson. David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Well, yeah. Uh, we got an email from uh, a longtime friend and fan of the podcast, Tony P., who uh, sent a message suggesting this close, paraphrasing my old one. Time spent listening to Sun and Fun Radio is not subtracted from your lifespan. And we know that's true for flying, so go fly. That's right. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. <laughs> <laughs>